Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Podcast. My name is Gio Garcia, and today we have a very special episode. We got Gustavo Ortega with me. We got Jennifer Flores. She's back after graduating and, you know, being done with school. So we're happy to have her back. Yeah, big congratulations to class of 2020. Different, different, uh, different way they had to do it this year. But, um, but yeah, we'll get it started. Jen, how does it feel to finally graduate um, from school and tell us where you went to school and what you said? Um, a huge relief, obviously, to be done. Um, huge accomplishment. You know, I wish things would have turned out differently in terms of celebrating and being able to walk the stage. Um, but it's a great feeling nonetheless. And I am a season alumni now. I'm part of that group. So excited where, to where, see where life takes us now. Where'd you go to school for the people that don't know? Cal State Northridge. Cal State Northridge. How was your time there? Um, amazing, you know, although I complained a lot about the traffic and uh, That's a long it's taking a lot of time yeah. away from me. Um, it's still very pleasing to be done and having gone through all of that, the, the whole college career. And, you know, um, it's crazy that it ends during a pandemic, but hey, you know, that's that's life. Yeah, that's true. And I- and Gustavo, what about you? What have you been up to? How you doing, guys? Big congratulations to Jen. It's a big accomplishment, you know, to graduate from a four-year. I did that three years ago, so I'm already old, been on that side. But, yeah, it's been uh, just been up to, like we mentioned two podcasts ago, you know, doing the play-by-play for LA Force in the NISA Soccer League. Unfortunately, it got suspended, well, canceled because of the pandemic. But other than that, just been... You know, getting back to my hobbies, taking for, doing photography, just like my idol, Jen, you know, trying to get back into it. And, and uh, um, but yeah, trying to news and we have a lot to cover. Yeah, we definitely doing a different thing going on. So I'm going to cover a big thing this week. Um, the MLS, the big thing that obviously we talked about last week, Gustavo, they wanted to do. Well, they're interested in MLS tournament up in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot has come about that from this past week. Um, a lot of leaks have been coming out. And then uh, just the other day, Don Garber uh, sent a memo that he's going to threaten employees that will get fired, uh, teams that may get fined up to a million dollars, and all sorts of things because it's being leaked out to the media. Um, the thing that I kind of... You know, this happens all the time, and you kind of want this news to get out there. So for me, I'm I'm like kind of like surprised that he's going that he's trying to control it the way he's going about it, and he's trying to like threaten people and just do all. This. But I think the what he probably doesn't want to be leaked is about you know like the 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 contract with the players and you know all the counterpart. I understand that, but like the tournament type of things and all that stuff. That's how you keep the fans in the know. That's how everybody gets engaged and all that stuff. Um, and right now, obviously, the Athletic is breaking all the news right now. They're doing such a great job. Um, and that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, like I said, the dominating the um, These of the tournament aren't bad, but obviously, like, you know, they're trying to negotiate with certain things. Um, but I'm just so, so surprised that he's threatening, you know, sending his memos out. Uh, what you what you think about that, Gustavo? Yeah, it's quite surprising because even himself, 
gave the news a couple of weeks or months months ago that they were, he was planning to do this tournament. So that's why people are starting to get more information about what was going to happen. And I think it's something that well, is as a journalist, I can relate to people. You're trying to get information so you could bring it out to the to the to the readers out there who are really interested into the topic. So that's why you have to be very be careful, uh, not pretty much revealing your sources, not even to your closest friends, because then if you give out your sources and you start losing credibility and no one's going to trust you. So I think that's a big risk from whoever's leaking that information. But I think it's it's something that the benefits the reader and the, the, the soccer fan because it gives you that idea of, of what's going to happen next if the MLS is going to come back or probably get suspended or canceled. And I think it's it, it, it's it, it's funny though because I was telling you, Gio, off 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 screen that he was sending out this um, warning that. If you leak information, you're probably gonna get fired or get even. I was reading that they might get fined a million dollars for that, and I, I think that's pretty crazy. And whoever leaked this information has to be very careful because now you're leaking the information that the Don Garber is pretty getting pretty strict with it when it comes to these accusations. Yeah, and I think a lot of things. Uh... It seems he doesn't want to sway the player's right. opinion one way or the other. Uh, Jen, what'd you make of it? You know, it's a large sum of money to be finding someone <laughs> this time. Exactly. Given, you know, the current situation. But I, I don't see why um, it would be such a large sum or why it's it's such a big news to everyone that this is happening, especially from a sports commissioner of one of the leagues that wants to so rapidly grow, you know. As a as a growing league, you want this type of information to get leaked, whether it's from your sources or from outside sources. You want as much attention as possible given to the league that you want to enhance, you know. And so to me, it was very surprising to hear that. Um, but I don't see anyone revealing their sources because, as Gustavo mentioned, that's someone's credibility. And it's also someone's job, someone's livelihood to bring us these news. So that's my take on that. Yeah, and exactly. I feel like he can, MLS or Don Garber can control that by giving the media, like, you know, hey, we're going to give you this story this week. We're going to give you that. You know what I'm saying? But, like, things like that, you do. I think maybe he's feeling, maybe the league is feeling pressure because, you know, they don't got, they're not going to have that. We talked about how the league makes its money. We talked about how it makes it through sponsorships and ticket sales, right? Well, you don't right. really have that. They don't really have that right now. They, he may be feeling the pressure of all that, and then he's also trying to negotiate this contract with the players, mm-hmm. and he wants these players to come play in this tournament, um, which is I think is very interesting. Um, and we'll get we'll get into that now. Um, I've been hearing from other podcasts and everything that Chicharito, Vela, Nani, um, and I just heard Alejandro Bedoya are not a fan of playing this tournament, and also this tournament. Um, it's not mandatory. So the top players necessarily don't have – any of the players don't have to play. But say if you're LA Galaxy or you're, say you're the MLS but you don't, you don't have Chicharito, you don't have Vela, Nalini, obviously the, the three, you know, some of the biggest stars, no one's going to want to watch the tournament. ESPN, right? You're, no one no right. one's going to want to tune into that. So obviously they're trying to make the deals and everything. 
So I think they're trying to make um, he's, he's trying to make that happen. But a lot of the things we need to take into account for the players. Uh, Chicharito's wife is pregnant. Pregnant. Bella's wife is pregnant. So they're looking at, into as a player, you know, as a family. They're looking into like, well, I don't want to go away for eight weeks or four, you know, whatever, without my wife or kids there. I see that from the players' perspective. So mm-hmm. I think it, it gets getting because they want the, the the initiative. What we're reporting last week, it was like they want to be there by next by by June, you know, and that's like a week away from here now, and it's not looking likely. And if you don't have Bella, Chicharito, Nani all on board. This master plan to go to Orlando, go play, is it doesn't seem, I don't know, it doesn't seem it's going to be successful. Yeah, and I think it goes back to like you mentioned, Gio, like their families. Some are expecting babies, some have uh, kids that are super young, you know. Because I mean, being away from your family almost what two, three months is it's a lot of time. Leaving your your wife or girlfriend. Uh, alone with with babies and I mean I have no experience with with kids but I mean it, it it's it it's a hard job to maintain to maintain your your family as well and it and I think it also goes into consideration how effective the testing will be how safe yeah. it will be and it, the league is putting pressure on the players to actually play I mean. It's true that that's their that's what they do that's what they do for a living. I'm sure they want to get to play, but if that's still very uncertain and their health is still in the air, I, I'm sure players will say no in, to this tournament. You know. Yeah, generally. And another another thing to factor in would be the fact that they're being asked to take a pay cut. Like, to right. what extent is the risk worthy? Exactly. Um, to what extent do these players go out of their way to play even when they're receiving a pay cut? Exactly, and, and that's the big thing. I mean, they're trying to negotiate. Obviously, they didn't sign the CBA deal and everything that's going on. It's a lot of things that are going on right in the middle of things. Right? He's trying to – I see, like, the MLS is trying to push to be one of the first, you know, pro leagues to start right away. At the same time, you know, they're, they're let's get into the, the you know, the counter proposal. They, they said they're going to do 10% off the top, uh, you know, where the Kim Bang. They're still negotiating that. I mean, right. it sounds like a better deal. Um, you know, it's across the league. At first, they were just going to do it from the top heavy players from Chicharito, Vela, right? The players that make most leagues. So now it's like 10%. And, you know, they're, they're going to try, the players are obviously going to try to get that number as low as they can. And the league is going to try to get as much as they can. Um, but it's very interesting. What'd you make of the counter proposal, uh, Gustavo, from the MLS? Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, well, for the, be- the players, I think it's better. Is less percentage of what they were asking in the beginning, as you guys remember, it was started with fifty percent to get the pay cut from the MLSPA, the Major League Soccer Players Association, and not having the collect, collective bargaining agreement still done, which was supposed to be in the works during February and never got done, and that that's was that's the leverage the league has that's able that they are able to negotiate with with the MLSPA these kind of situations because no one really expected the league to get suspended because of the pandemic and you as we remember it had to stop in I believe March 12th the second week of of play barely so there's those little details that still hang in the air where players are still well I I know they're not playing but they don't want to 
pretty much lose money because as we all know, every player, well, every player that plays in a different market and it's, it's, it, it varies on what they live and what they have to pay. Some, some players already have their houses, some still rent. So, and as we know here in LA, it's pretty pricey to live out here. So I don't think a players, especially who are not making the millions that the DP players are, are making, I'm sure they don't want to take a pay cut uh, as far as going more than 10%. Yeah, no, I feel like a lot of us, you know, are probably living paycheck to paycheck too. You know, right. some are, you know, not everybody's making a million dollars. Some players are making, you know, just close to a hundred thousand, you know, or just under that. So, I mean, for them, it's really hurting. And to them, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to go through, but obviously they will take anything, right? Like if, if you're not, if you're not getting any money right now, you'll take anything. But at the same time, you got to look at the long, you know, 20%, 10%, you know, whatever the MLSPA, uh, you know, agrees on what the, what the league is. It's, it's a very interesting time right now for the MLS. A lot of things, you know, like it's the 25th MLS season and then COVID happens and then you get hit with this and everything else. What did you make about that, the counterproposal, Jen? You know, it, it was very interesting to see it be cut off by 50%, essentially. Like mm-hmm. for it to go from 20% to 10%, that can make a huge difference in in players' lives and players' uh checks and what money they're receiving that could be the turning point of them accepting this agreement and I think that it'll be interesting to see moving forward how we see the league progress because we've already seen pay cuts in in other big leagues you know Mm -hmm. so it's interesting the approach they've taken and uh, the the offers they are offering but um, it'll be interesting to see how it develops in the long run. Yeah, it's very interesting. Another thing we should uh, earlier today, uh, LAFC and back in Bank of California, um, they know will Bank of California moving forward um, will not be the uh, sponsor of the stadium, which tells me that the Bank of California, the bank, is actually not doing so well during this pandemic um, and actually mm-hmm. losing money. And I think this is a great opportunity for a big sponsor or, you know, someone to say like a Pepsi or Coca-Cola, whatever you name it, to get, uh, uh, you know, to be the official sponsor and get a really good deal when the market's necessarily down. But to me, the I mean, I think like the bank account, the name Bank of California Stadium is right. arguably like the best name for LAFC. You know what I'm saying? And it just goes hand in hand. When I saw that news, I'm like, oh man, like what what's the name going to be now? You know, every time venues or stadium or arenas, you know, change from different names. It kind of, I feel like it doesn't like, in a way, if it doesn't feel as authentic, it feels different, you know? I don't know. I think the name will always stick around, you know, exactly. between fans and between media. We're always going to refer to it off camera as the bank, you know, same as we referred to the, the Home Depot Center way after it was named the StubHub Center. We kept calling it, and to this day, some people still call it the Home Depot Center. Yeah. So I think it's <laughs> a similar situation there. But I do want to say that I don't think this would be the case. There wouldn't be like an, a change in naming rights if we weren't in a pandemic. So that just goes to show that the big names are being. Yeah, they're definitely. Are you, are you still there? I think. Uh, I think you might yes. Be, you said. Yeah, it kind of cut off for a little bit. Yeah, and 
you're right. Like you just mentioned, you know, like, uh, you know, LA Galaxy, StubHub, Dignity House Sports Park. It just changes and changes. We'll see. We'll see what the name comes out. But um, Jen, obviously you you uh you posted some news today about the U.S. Women's um, National Team. Uh, well, Megan Rapino, um, she's going to be the host of the SBs. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, Megan Rapino and along with Sue Bird and Russell Wilson will be hosting the uh the ESPYs this year. So very interesting news, especially given the time that we're in, the shows that she and, and Sue Bird have been um, hosting weekly. Um, I think that that factors into the decision as to who will be hosting this year's ESPYs. Um, they are great characters, great pers- great people, um, very interesting to see them on camera. So it's very exciting, the type of characters and the, the bit of range that has been selected to host the ESPYs. We have a world champion in Mega Rapino. And we have another world champion in Sue Bird and then another world champion in, in Russell Wilson, you know. So these are these are we can call these the the ESPYs of champions because you have great characters <laughs> yeah. in in all of them. Um and I don't say that lightly. They're all very great advocates in their sports, very caring and compassionate people. So um very happy with their selection. Yeah, so we think so. I'm assuming this is going to be because this guy's going to be on June 21st. I'm assuming it's going to be online or live stream, or right. they're all they're all going to be in the same venue, or they're going to be at the house. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting yeah, how they do the awards and everything. You know, so because it's typically in LA, you know, um, it's done there. Yeah, the Staples Center, right? Staples Center, yeah, or Nokia. I think one of those two. Yeah, it's like the Microsoft. Oh, the Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft Peter now. <laughs> yeah, the, the name changes for that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Despies is one of the coolest, you know, obviously it's but, like the, the Grammys or Emmys for sports. I think it's going to be interesting because how are they going to decide on the performances of the year if half of the sports pretty much went into a suspension? You know, like we're, they're not going to have the NBA finals, the World True. Series. Well, probably the World Series from last year, last year yeah. where, where the Nationals won, but, but that's... That's that's interesting to see because they're gonna cut off a lot of sports sporting events that were supposed to be done by this summer. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of that is gonna have to go through back. Uh, it's gonna have to go through for last. Uh, they're gonna have to go through whatever you know pre March or whatever once the pandemic hit, and most of that stuff is gonna have happen from you know the season before last season. So it's gonna be interesting. They have to adjust and everything. Um, uh, Gustavo, obviously, big news last week as well. Liga Emeakis decided to cancel their season. So Liga Emeakis has two seasons in one year, right? They'll play from January to what June or whatever, and then July yeah. to the end to the end of the to the end of the year. So they decided to count to cancel the season, which is very interesting, but uh, it makes sense, obviously. And then the big thing with that, I think Cruz Azul and who's the other team got uh, Leon. Leon. We'll play in the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League because Cruz Azul finished, well, the, before the season got suspended, they were first place and Leon was second. Leon coming off of that, uh, I would say, tough um, elimination against LAFC in the recent CONCACAF Champions League. And, yeah, it, it, was, a, uh, it was bound to happen, especially after the news broke out from Santos Laguna where – 50 players came yeah. out positive of COVID-19. Uh, they're all asymptomatic, but 
I mean, it was bound to happen, not just Liga MX, but also Liga X Femenil got also canceled. And we see that Ascenso getting uh, pretty much suspended for the next uh, six years. So a lot, of, a lot of bad news for Liga MX fans going on, especially in this pandemic. And still, there will be no champion crown for this Clausura 2020. They're still deciding when to start or when to get back to training for the Apertura 2020 between mid and late July that happening anytime soon and we'll most likely see uh, in my opinion they'll be back by September and go out as late as December probably January but it's a whole whole lot of process and that's something that you didn't want it to see you know especially Liga MX where it has a lot of viewership right here in the US we still follow all these big teams and that rivalry that was emerging with MLS, you know, we talked about it, Gio, last, last uh, podcast, the cancellation of the MLS All-Star Game, the Campeones Cup, the Leagues Cup, and now the Liga MX. It's a big blow for Mexican soccer. Yeah, just a big blow. And just, uh, you know, all those events that were going to happen, and, you know, talks that the MLS and Liga MX are going to merge. Uh, potentially there's, like, rumors right now. But, yeah, I mean, all the things that happened, I mean, for for Liga MX, you do see why they decided uh, to cancel. Because they, now they don't have regulation, right? They don't they don't have regulation to go back. So they don't yeah. really have to worry they about it. Yeah, they decided to finish it, yeah. Yeah. We'll get started with the, with the next season. I, I, just, I just feel bad for I just feel bad for Omar, who's a Cruz Azul fan. <laughs> they were really excited for this tournament, you know. You know, they were so happy. Hey, this is the this is the year. This is the year, and boom, coronavirus happened. And once again, their hopes get or dreams get shattered once again. Yeah, poor Omar, poor Cruz Azul fan. <laughs> I was raised a Cruz Azul fan, so I know I know what's up. But um, but yeah, I mean, you, you know the you pain. Do, yeah, I know the pain. But you also don't want to get crowned champion, you know. What do you think, Jen? Yeah, crowned champion like that would be like. It's kind of tough to to be crown champion when you know you don't actually. Yeah, you get that it. little asterisk, you know, like man, <laughs> you just got it because of this. But uh, people will argue it, it's a championship, but I mean, they gave it to PSG. Who knows, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, that's 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 interesting. That even like I'm glad that we like at least our you know our leagues did not decide to like end the season or anything like that because obviously in the beginning when all this happened. No one knew what was going to happen. You know, everything was kind of extreme. No one knows and still no one really knows. But I think, you know, restrictions obviously in L.A. are starting to ease. You know, there's people at the beach. There's, there's a lot of things going on. And I think more people are like, okay. Traffic's back. Traffic's back, everything. You know, everything's starting to speed <laughs> back to normal. You know, uh, I just saw that L.A. is going to open up again. I think that's how Mayor Garcetti tweeted that. So it's just slowly going to get back to it. But one thing that I was thinking, um, going back to the MLS and the tournament, right? You have to have all these players sent out there. But say right. everything starts to open up, so you have this tournament, or whatever. But then you're only there for a month, and then say August or whatever, you're able to start. You're able to pick back up and play at a home stadium, kind of like they're doing in the Bundesliga. You know, kind of in my mind, it kind of doesn't make sense to send the players out to Orlando for like a couple weeks and then send them back. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I think it would dis- disrupt the 
the process a little. You know, it would be um, West Coast players having to adjust to East Coast times. And, you know, um, again, that factor of being away from their families, especially if they have growing families or expecting um, children, I think that that changes the process a little and it will require a bit more consideration from some players than others, but um, we'll see how it, it ends up playing out. Yeah. Um, Gustavo, what about you? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it, I mean, if the league is expecting to restart again, I think it's pretty much sacrificing the players to get hurt. But I, I see it as a mini preseason pretty much. Try to get the players again after being uh, off for the past, what, almost three months already. Mm-hmm. And it'll, it'll give them a little time to catch up on gameplay, you know, last the 90 minutes. And I don't know if you guys knew about the rule that FIFA might implement the five subs. Yeah, coming up. yeah so that, that might help too from other players who are still coming up to get rhythm and risk less injury. So I think uh, I would see it as a, as a preseason pretty much once again, starting all over. And hopefully it helps the teams to get back in in play mo- in playing mode to give the the fans a, a very great spectacle. Yeah, one thing I was I was also thinking too. Obviously, you're seeing in the Bundesliga, but like a lot of things, you're you're gonna really get to see which teams or players are actually staying fit, healthy. Um, you know, you're seeing some of the players get, have injuries, you know, right away trying to jump back into things and, you know, you get to see certain teams like that are going to be, I think the same thing is going to happen in MLS. Like, you know, you're going to see if, you know, LAFC, you know, what, you know, the Sounders or Atlanta United, or who, you know, whoever was doing good right before the pandemic hit. And then say all of a sudden, let's say LA Galaxy starts winning, they win three games in a row or, you know, they lose three or LAFC loses two games in a row. You're gonna really see who was there and commit because it's kind of hard right now with everything going on to be, you know, be be on top of the players and be doing this and everything. Um, I think I think obviously everybody everybody's dealing, every team is dealing with this, but I think you're really gonna see in the first couple of weeks, the first month or so when they're actually playing games that matter, that which teams which teams and players are actually focused and we're staying healthy, you know, or eating healthy. I mean, trust me, I've gained like probably. You know, 10 pounds since this pandemic. You probably can't tell, but, you know, I'm, you know, I heard someone actually say that, you know, they call this, uh, you know, how you call it, they call it the freshman 15. They call it yeah. the COVID 15. Yeah, so I um, know. Yeah, but you have to take in consideration also that every team has started differently. Some started before, some other teams. Some others uh, haven't even started. I haven't heard from San Jose Earthquakes if they actually begin practicing so it's some teams haven't even got into that point of uh getting into the field and practice because of the stay at home uh restrictions in their states yeah it's, it's just so different everywhere man i just obviously no one has the right answer but you know we did oh we also did forget to mention whose birthday was today uh jen oh it's Lindsay Horan from the u.s women's national team yeah, and you've been doing great on that, posting that content. It's been doing really good on really good on Facebook. Um, and you know. yeah, good job, Jen. And there, there was also news, no, from the NSWL this week about small group training. Yeah, they returned to to training in small groups. You know, dependent on their state rules, but it seems 
to me that most most teams are able to return. And we also see a lot of jersey launches. Um, oh man, those are fire! Oh, the Portland Thorns jerseys the are Thorns amazing. Are, that jersey is dope. I want to uh, get that. I'm ready jersey. to get mine and put it right here too. That jersey, Same. that that jersey is really cool. <laughs> that, that's like yeah. probably like one of the best jerseys. And like, I think even in MLS, yeah. like you know, it's like oh, yeah. It's, it's the crazy. Chicago Chicago one was also good. The CD edition one. Yeah, that one was really nice. You know, it's it's great to see how they try to implement their city or implement their cities um, mapping there. Um, and and it's great for the league to yeah for these and I, launches to be causing so much noise. Yeah, and I think Orlando Pride will be coming out with their kit. I believe June second, so I'm waiting mm-hmm. for that one too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can, you know, reach the level of the Chicago Red Stars and Portland Thorns. Yeah, that's pretty fun. And then I also see, like, on MLS on their Instagram that they're letting fans create their. They were letting fans create their own uh, jerseys, which is pretty cool. I know, like, um, you know, I think I saw like an, an LAFC one. I saw the first couple ones. They look pretty cool. I mean, you know, say one of the t- other teams are able to create, you know, I re- actually use some of those fans, you know, creations and actually create a jersey. That would be pretty cool, you know, become one of the people. In my that- opinion, I think some of the fan jerseys are pretty great. Instead of the, the ones they actually come out with, I'm like, wow, they should hire these guys instead of the ones who, who are doing the jerseys right now, man. Cause Especially for the Rams. Those are, <laughs> some are good, huh? Oh, the Rams. The Rams, I mean, the Rams are, I mean... The LA Rams, I know we're talking football, but man, those are the worst jerseys. And <laughs> the logo and everything, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it, but nevertheless. I mean, I love the memes out of it, so. The memes are good. The memes are They're good. They're welcome. They're welcome. Anytime. But yeah, they definitely are. Um, but yeah, um, anything else you guys would like to add uh, before we wrap up the show? Um, what did you guys think of the live stream? Uh, you know, first live stream. So far? I liked it. It was really, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the best I've I worked with pretty much. Good job, Gio. Yeah, thanks. And then this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna change. Uh, you know, obviously there's uh the branding and everything, but like I'm gonna change right now. This is just the starter um things, but there's a few things I want to talk to you guys about offline. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is moving forward. This is what we're gonna do. Um, you know, that way we can have all three of us and we can use this and then I can just, uh, you know, I'll get the audio from this and then we'll just post it in the podcast for the people who listen to audio. So, you know, easy way to do it. Very easy, you know, to communicate. All right. Well, let the people know where they can uh, follow you guys. Uh, Jen? Uh, at Legendary Photos with a J, of course, on Instagram. And Twitter. Don't forget to follow on Twitter as well. And Twitter as well, yes. Hi, right, Gustavo. Uh, well, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Gustavo A underscore Ortega. But if you guys like to follow my photography page, it will be Agustavort with a V after the G. So I'll be there. If you guys want to say what's up, go out and shoot. Jen, we have to go take some shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Of course, guys, you guys can follow me at Gio Garcia LA, both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, also, be sure to follow LA Soccer Hub on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a lot of content that we're posting there. Um, you know, a lot of U.S. women's national photography content that Jen's putting up right there. And so we're just sharing all the all the news that's breaking from the league, from MLS, 
uh, specifically LAFC and LA Galaxy. We look forward to when the teams can, uh, you know, officially come back to play. We'll see if it's in Orlando or if it's in the home markets. Uh, things are changing every day, every week. You know, last week, LA wasn't open. Now it seems like LA is opening. So I think every day is going to happen. And if we're able to move forward, I really want them to stay in the home markets. But we'll see what happens. Uh, thank you guys for being on. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Bye.